Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Cops and other law enforcement people have read it, what were some cases you worked on that made you think, even if for a moment, that something supernatural or paranormal was going on. I have posted this before but here is my possessed woman story. Spoiler alert, as a result of posting this last time users suggested she could have suffered from catatonic schizophrenia. Was driving along and found a girl just standing in the middle of the road. My initial thoughts were to just to tell her to pay attention but it was clear that while the lights were on, nobody was home. During my whole time with her she never uttered a word, I was left in a weird situation. She had done nothing, clearly needed help but medically nothing seemed wrong. As I am pondering what on earth I should do the girl suddenly starts spinning. Now spinning is not illegal and I'm starting to think this girl is one of those protesters that wind up police. I've dealt with troll station before, so I think crack on. Spin to your heart's content. Then she loses her balance and falls whacking her head on the side of the police car. Great. So I call an ambulance but she seems fine. Still not talking but she is looking up at the sky. It's a nice day so fine enjoy the sun. I do some writing and look back at her now bright red face and watering eyes, and realize she is trying to damage her retinas by forcing herself to look directly at the sun. That's a new one on me. So now I'm holding a book or something above her to shield her eyes. Ambulance arrives and we get to hospital and now she has forgotten how to walk. Now I'm 99% sure she is a wind-up merchant but I get her a wheelchair. In the wheelchair she strikes up a, I'm a little teapot pose, and keeps this up for the next hour, zero movement just frozen with her arms out. So I now have three potential situations. 1. She is pretending to be frozen in time. 2. She is suffering from a mental health issue. 3. She has been possessed. By now I'm convinced it's the latter but I section her and leave her with professionals. A week later I call the hospital and they tell me she is still frozen. Former EMT, firefighter here. One night we got a call to do a wellness check on someone who dialed 911 but didn't respond to the operator. We pull up to the address and the house looks perfectly quaint and a little old lady greets us at the door. We asked her if she knew who placed the call but she told us that she lived alone since her husband died. We barely got back to the station before a call comes in again same address as before. So we drive back out, talk to the old lady again, then leave again. And just as we get back to the station, same call, same address, no response. We drive out there again believing that the old lady must have been confused. But this time when we pulled into the driveway the old lady wasn't at the door to greet us. 
There was no reply at the door, but it was unlocked. We take a peek inside to find the old lady was on the floor and wasn't breathing. We rushed in to help and got her to a hospital in stable condition. When she woke up in the ambulance she still claimed that she never called us, and that we arrived almost immediately after she had fallen, it was a 15-minute drive to her house from the station. Before she was admitted to the hospital she asked me and another EMT if we could bring her knitting needles and bag of clothes to her in the hospital. I offered to pick up her stuff because I had a friend who lived in that area and we were gonna hang out anyways. I pick up my friend and drive to the lady's house. I ran inside to grab the bag and knitting stuff while my buddy sat in the car. But just as I was leaving, I swear I felt a hand on my back and heard a voice say thank you. When I get back in the car my friend asked me, why couldn't the lady's husband bring her stuff to the hospital? I explained that her husband was dead, but when I said that my friend said, but I saw an old guy in the window, he smiled and waved at me. At first, I refused to believe in anything supernatural, so I called the police and asked them to do a sweep of the house, I thought it was a squatter. Nothing was out of the ordinary and no one was inside. I later brought my friend to visit the lady. He started describing the old dude who was in the window, but the old lady almost immediately started tearing up and said, that's my Harold. Obligatory not my story but when I read this I thought it was pretty effed. An elderly lady phoned 911 and requested that they send some policemen down to her house because she saw a shadowy figure lurking in her backyard. She was living by herself at night and didn't feel safe watching someone through her window. When the policeman arrived the door was unlocked. They walked in and found the lady seated facing the window, and they went to go check the backyard. There were no signs of anyone attempting to break and enter and nothing was missing. She had very tall fences surrounding her property, making it nearly impossible for anyone to get into it. They did however, find footprints on the inside of her home. It was quite possible that she had left the door unlocked and wasn't looking outside, but rather at a reflection of someone inside of her home behind her. EMT here, once had a call at our local mall. Show up and an 8-year-old was having breathing problems. Her mother aunt and cousin had just been caught stealing, and it was late at night. We assumed the breathing problem was stress-induced. Once we got into the back of our unit she looked my partner and myself in the eyes, and said that she lived at a bad place. She said she lived with demons, and I crap you not, as she described the demons her heart rate plummeted to 90 BPM to 45 BPM in a matter of seconds. My partner and I looked at each other and immediately started trying to lighten the mood and preparing for a code. She ended up being okay, I will never forget that experience. Edit. Yes, once we had her stable police were definitely involved. My medic contacted CPS as well. My grandpa was a RIO in Vietnam. Basically, the guy who told the pilot where to go and what was ahead. One day him and his team are finishing up a mission, and one of his buddies in another jet barrel rolls over them. He then descends into the clouds. They never saw them again. He just vanished. They searched for weeks but no crash site, no communications, nothing. Just poof, gone. This is unexplained, and probably just coincidence, but I still never mention it to my coworkers. I spent some time as a homicide investigator. We would respond to all apparent suicides and investigate them just to make sure it wasn't a homicide. Usually we determined a motive for suicide and found a note or other indicator that the person killed themselves. One guy just taped a note to his chest that said, happy now bitch, and made sure his wife found him after he hanged himself. 
but occasionally you get a case where all forensic evidence indicates that the person killed themselves, but there's no note and no discernible reason why this person would be suicidal. These are people in good health with decent careers and a seemingly happy family life. But who knows what's really going on with someone? Here's the part that freaks me out. I've worked maybe 10 suicides like this. The last three before I left homicide all had the same thing at the scene. These was a little decorative wicker lighthouse at each location. It was the same lighthouse, same design and painted white and blue. It stuck out to me the first time because it was by the bed where the body was. But two weeks later I saw the same darn lighthouse on another suicide, and even pointed out the coincidence to a patrol officer. A few months later I go on another suicide and I see that same wicker lighthouse. That's when it clicks that it's always been unexplained suicides. I go back and look at crime scene photos from every suicide I've worked. In two of them I see what could be the wicker lighthouse, but the angle is off and there's too much junk around to say for sure. I dunno. I thought it was creepy as hell but I transferred a couple of months later and I let it go. Mate, you're going to wake up one night, and there will be a decorative wicker lighthouse on your bedside table. Not law enforcement but am paramedic slash fire. Late summer night responding to a call in a rural area. My partner and I were driving down a winding two-lane highway in the middle of nowhere. No light of any kind other than the headlights and moon. We're coming up on a sharp right turn when I see a man traveling across the grass from an area of brush. He's moving very quickly and smoothly as if hauling butt on a bicycle. No up and down motion like running. Obviously, I'm pretty confused about a hillbilly on a bike in the middle of the night but not surprised. He comes to a tree and stops. It's about this time we're driving by him. Look out window and see a man standing next to this tree with no bike or anything in sight. Just standing there staring at the truck passing by. My hair is standing up. We continue towards the call and I ask my partner if he had seen that guy. His response is, man I thought I was crazy. I was an EMT for a while. We got a call about someone who was riding their bike at a breakneck speed, when they hit a car head first without a helmet. We went over immediately. Despite the fact that it was broad daylight, and we were in the middle of suburbia on a Saturday, nobody even came to check on this poor guy. Seriously, the streets were empty. Usually a massive crowd gathers around violent accidents like this. So, his skull was pretty much smashed in and he was unresponsive. It was the worst head injury I'd ever seen. We assessed that he had a major skull fracture, a concussion, and he was bleeding profusely. He was also missing teeth and had a minor road rash, but fortunately he wasn't missing much skin. To give you an idea of how bad it was, this was the kind of injury that most people don't survive. If you did survive you'd basically be a crippled vegetable. Normally we would have moved him off the road but when someone has a head slash neck injury that isn't very safe. My partner who was also training me as I was still kinda new, went to check his pulse while I began to unload our gear. He crouched down, felt for a pulse for a while, and then stood up and opened his mouth to say something. Suddenly, the guy effing jumped up. He didn't use his arms to pick himself up, he just effing jumped to his feet. It startled the two of us. He looked at us, smiled, and attempted to grab his bike. We tried to stop him but we didn't exactly want to wrestle him to the ground given his condition. He gets away from us and bolts into the woods without his bike. My partner was in even more disbelief than I was. He just stared at where the man had run off, mouth agape. Then he turned to me and muttered, he had no effing pulse man. 
I asked him if he was sure and he swore up and down that the biker was clinically dead. We contacted the authorities for assistance, and they sent a search and rescue team into the forest. I don't know if he was found or not, because we normally don't get much information about patients after they go to the professionals. Keep in mind that this was the Pine Barrens, so they had a lot of ground to cover. My best guess is that he went to a loved one's house out of confusion. What I found odd about that is, head injuries bleed like effing hell, so you'd think the guy would leave a long red trail of blood for the cops to follow. My dad used to work as a correctional officer at Goulburn Jail in Australia, which is probably one of the oldest and hardest prisons there. A story he tells of his time there is one I always remember. He said that the whole place was creepy anyway, not helped by some of the inmates at the time including the notorious Ivan Malat, on which Wolf Creek is based. Anyway, first thing he noticed was that dogs would outright refuse to enter the prison. He said they couldn't get them past the gate no matter how hard they tried. But the creepiest occurrence was one night when they heard the sound of running booted footsteps, everyone was in their cell so they couldn't figure out what was causing it. Next thing all the doors of the open and unoccupied cells on the top floor were banged shut, one after the other with loud clangs. Then they see the source of the running noise. Now dad swears this is what he and his colleague, so he has another witness, saw. Apparently, they looked up and saw what looked like disembodied hobnail boots run down the aisle right over their heads, banging as they went. Dad decided to stop working in the prison not long after this. Super creepy. Cop here. Partner and I were dispatched to a welfare check. Elderly guy, nobody had seen him in a few days, mail overflowing in mailbox, missed a doctor's appointment, car hasn't moved etc. We both know we are about to find a body. We arrive on scene and can't get anyone to the door, look through the window and sure enough, we can see his foot on the floor in the living room. My partner is a corporal and pulls rank and makes me go first. Door is unlocked and as soon as we open it. We smell a mostly fresh dead body. Almost relieved, we both enter and he tells me to check vitals on dead dude. He is obviously dead with lividity dried feces on him and dried saliva around his mouth. So I go to stand over him and see if I can get a pulse, at which point he takes a deep breath, rolls over, and asks why we are in his house. At this point we both start screaming oh craps and what the f, as we both run out of the house. We called EMs and they transported him. Said they couldn't get a blood pressure or pulse on him. I think he died a week later in the hospital. I still get jokes about raising the dead. I am a CNA in a local hospital. One of my patients just had a quad bypass, open heart surgery, and I went in to check her vitals. The room was dim and the hall was quiet. I'm looking at her and in the corner of my eye I see something drop from the ceiling out of nowhere. It makes a big clunk sound and I turn to see what it could be. There's nothing there. At that moment my patient looks up at me and say, my dad's here. Passes back out. I finish my job and leave. When I would go to that floor again as a floater I would hate to go into that room. This is a good supernatural slash paranormal story rather than a creepy one. I'm a detective and spent some time as an expert on sex crimes and crimes against children. It was the best slash worst assignment I've had. One case I had came in at midnight. A young woman with a toddler comes into one of the precincts to report her ex-boyfriend raped her during a custody argument. Long story short, it was legit and one of the most violent and sadistic cases I've ever had, so I'll spare the gruesome details. I still have no idea how this woman made her own way to a precinct with a toddler. Part of the investigation requires me to talk to the toddler, 
Victim said the toddler was present for everything. I'm a child forensic interviewer as well. During the interview the toddler recalls their father becoming angry and hitting the mom. Then, the toddler said that the nice woman showed up and she couldn't see past the nice woman. The nice woman held her and told her that they were both going to be safe, and sang her a song in a different language. The toddler said the nice woman went over to the front door and knocked on the door. Then, the nice woman helped them and their mom to the car before flying away. In the victim's interview, she said that her ex-boyfriend had a knife to her throat and put it to the skin to cut her throat open, but he got distracted for some reason then ran out of the apartment. She had no explanation why. The suspect was caught about eight hours later. He confessed to absolutely everything. When I asked him about the knife to the throat he said this. I swear to God I was gonna cut the bitch's throat open. But I thought I heard a knock at the door and thought it was the police. Once I saw it was clear I ran outside. He is now serving life in prison and the mom and toddler are safe and doing well. I'd love to know more about the nice woman. I work in a pre-Civil War town that has lots of antebellum homes that survived the war. Ghost hunters have been to the town on several occasions. There is this one antebellum mansion that is more of a museum that gets alarm calls semi-frequently. Every time the side door to the house is open and the kitchen has all cabinet doors and drawers open. Every, effing, time. The caretaker says it's been happening since she started looking after the place about 30 years ago. We don't clear it without backup. EMs. Called to a house with police at around 3 AM. Relatively small shared house with a lot of rooms and people who don't know each other living there. Caller reports that there is blood everywhere, all on the walls, staircase, in the kitchen, on the doorstep. He thinks one of the upstairs residents is into dodgy stuff, which I assume was meant to be drugs or crime of some kind or whatever. Well, we open the door and sure enough, there is blood everywhere. It's all on the floor and all the way up the stairs. It goes into the kitchen too but stops at the back door. There's a pool on the front doorstep but not a big one. A couple of cops go upstairs ahead of me, I'm there thinking, well crap, if someone's lost this much blood, there isn't a great deal we can do for them anyway. And if whoever did it is still in the house, we're about to have a major scrap on our hands. In the UK police are unarmed. We go to the door the dodgy guy is in and knock, he kinda answers like, yeah? The cops say they're police and they need to have a word with him. He comes to the door in pajama trousers and says he was asleep. He's not injured and has no blood on him. There's none in his room. He lets the cops have a search and his room is all fine. Seemed like a regular guy to me. We speak to all of the other neighbors in the house and the cops search their rooms, and nothing. No one heard anything, that they told us anyway, and no one had anything suspicious in their room. There was no blood in anyone's bedrooms, it was only on the stairs hallways, kitchen, and front doorstep. The two cops call for a dog unit to attend and search the area. The dog arrives but tracks the blood no further than the front doorstep. Whatever had caused that blood to be there seemed to still be in the house, and we had no idea whose blood it was. Thought it could potentially have been an animal's blood somehow, but unless it was a large animal there was way too much for that. And I hope we'd have found a bleeding large animal in our search. I had control pestering me to redeploy to another job, so I thanked the cops for helping me clear the house and said I had to go. They said they were gonna go do a wider search and then resume as well as there was nothing they could find. I never heard any more about it, and as far as I know there was no murders or anything like that reported after that incident, so it's still an absolute mystery.
Not a cop but had one tell us a story. When I was in like gr. 6 I lived in Pei, Prince Edward Island. We had the opportunity to talk to an officer, it was supposed to be like a DARE program thing. At the end we got to ask questions, and of course there'd be the typical questions that kids would ask like, did you ever shoot anyone? He shot at, but didn't actually shoot anyone, or so he told us. Then someone asks, what's the creepiest thing you've seen? I probably don't remember all the details because it was years ago, but it went kind of like this, there was a small island just off the coast of Pei, and one night people had called the police to report a baby crying from the island. The police show up, and sure enough they hear a baby crying. They make their way over to the cries, but when they get to the island the crying stopped. They searched everywhere and guess what they found. Nothing. No baby or any sign that someone might be there. They started to leave the island and immediately the baby crying starts up. Of course they go back, and it stops. I can't remember how long they were looking but they haven't found anything, and you could tell it has been bothering him for a long time by the way he talked about it. It always creeped me out and I doubt I'll ever forget about it. Weird things happen on pay. Police officer working the desk 1500 to 2300, fire alarm signal goes off. Many many years ago the police department offered alarm monitoring service, still had 10 to 12 places that were hardwired and it would require pulling apart a lot of equipment to disconnect the system, so we just kept it going. First shift dispatch is already punched in so she took it. I'm headed out the door to the fire department when 911 rings from the same address, I answer it. No one in the other end, assumed they barely got to call before passing out, I bolt out the back door, hop in a squad car, radio in the 911 call on channel 3 that both police slash fire can hear, and that I'm going directly to the house. Arrive just as another unit shows up. No signs of smoke. No sign of anything. Older woman comes walking up the street pushing a wheelchair with an elderly lady, her mother. They live there and just went out for an early evening stroll before dinner. Tell them what we have going on, nobody else lives there, and as far as the elderly lady can remember the alarm was disconnected from the house years ago during some renovations. They don't have any alarm system either, just a couple of smoke slash fire detectors. We do a walk around the house, get to the back door off the kitchen and you can clearly see and smell gas. We turned off the gas at the main, set up some fans to air it out and find a cracked gas line going to the oven. Daughter said she spilled some coffee she was making for their walk and had to move the oven a few inches to clean, probably broke the line pushing the oven back in. Nothing else in the house is disturbed and both phones are on the hook. Fire chief shows up about 15 minutes into the call. He goes over to the two ladies and gives them both a hug, he's nearly in tears. The elderly lady in the wheelchair, her husband was the fire chief 60 plus years ago for our department. The daughter, her husband passed away a few years ago, he was also a member of our department. Never believed in ghosts or spirits, but that call made me think maybe people who spend their lives doing good are allowed by some power to look over their loved ones every so often. Here's an odd one that I still have trouble believing today and you physically had to be there to believe this. I was 19 and a volunteer EMT. We got a 911 dispatch call to a house that's been abandoned for well over 15 years. Police fire and EM shows up. Police sweep the house and say it's clear. So EMs, myself and captain, go in. We go upstairs to the top floor of this farm out and it's extremely cold, the temperature outside had to be 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Oddly enough the windows were wide open. 
so I slam it shut, this window took some effort being as old as it was to close, and looking out at the fire truck and ambulance in clear view in the driveway. He asked me what the noise was, so I told him I just shut the window that was open. We checked crawl spaces, closets, basement which also had an eerie feeling of death in. There were shackles on the pillar. I guess it was for farm animals when being butchered? At least that's what a firefighter told us. We then proceed outside and my captain says, I thought you closed that window? Looking up at it, I said I did. Who opened it? So I go back inside expecting someone to still be in there, and it was empty. So I simply closed the window once more, check the window too to see if it's spring-loaded and maybe I didn't close it properly. Nope, typical sliding window. So shut once again I went downstairs and back out. The window is still shut, I looked up and saw a man in a plaid shirt put his hand to the window, and once I focused he was gone. But easily decipherable that it was a white male in late fifties with short black hair. So I thought nothing of it. It bothered me when I got bored and daydreamed. I began to do a little research on the property about who owns it and if anyone lived there. To my surprise a friend of mine said his uncle lived there his whole life on the farm. He was the last one to pass away in the home, the uncle lived with his parents which they passed years prior also in home. So I asked my friend if he was late fifties, short black hair and died upstairs, his face dropped and he said yes. He passed away from diabetes, he did not take his insulin and was found dead by his brother a few days later. After that, I look into that window every day driving by saying a prayer on my way to work. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.